Happy New Year! Welcome to 2021. You made it. It's almost like we can breathe a sigh of relief. 2020 is a thing of the past. Now, of course, we're not out the woods yet. We know that. But we're optimistic. We're hopeful. It's a new year. It's a new opportunity. There is hope for the future. Now, with discussion about new year, I know what some of you are thinking. You're going, okay, here comes another New Year's resolution sermon. Well, if you know me by now, hopefully you know I'm not a big fan of New Year's resolutions. Don't get me wrong. I have no problem with that desire that says, this year I want to make a change. This year I, I want to lose weight or save money or get out of debt or learn a new skill or whatever the case might be. I, you know, those are good and noble things to kind of aim for. But for me, the whole idea of New Year's resolutions is they often fail to take stock of the fact that how we got to the place we're in that we want to change has been a slow and steady journey. It's kind of these habits that have accumulated over time and they've put us in the place that, well, now we don't really want to be there or we want to make some sort of change. And so the only way we're likely to really change that is not by kind of saying, here's my New Year's resolution, I'm going to make this big change. It's really just a series of small incremental habits heading in the right direction. You know, if you want to lose weight, you don't need to do a whole big kind of new diet and head off to the gym and all those sorts of things. It, it starts with the small decisions. Uh, if you want to get out of debt, it starts with those small daily habits of not spending quite as much and perhaps saving a little more. If you want to make healthy choices, well, just start by drinking more water and getting enough rest. Uh, you know, so if, if you're a New Year's resolution kind of person, you go right ahead. That's not what I'm focusing on today. As we dive into Scripture and as we focus on kind of the coming months and, and indeed maybe for some of us the coming years, uh, what will be that foundation? What's that groundwork that we need to work on in order to get where God calls us to journey with Him? And of course, I hope that over this Christmas and New Year time, and especially as quiet as it has been, I hope you've been able to get into some of those practices like reading your Bible daily or praying daily and, and learning to walk in relationship with God, learning to spend time with Him as He seeks to draw us into this incredible journey and into the future. But of course, this is the first Sunday of 20. 21. So where should we begin? What sort of message should be the launching pad into a new year? What is the most important thing for us to focus on? And isn't that such a great question? You know, what's that one thing I should do? What's that one thing I should know? What's that one thing that is more important than all the other things? And, and if I do that, well, you know, maybe the others will catch up. You know, uh, Jesus was asked that same question. And in a few moments, we're going to read from Mark chapter 12, verse 28 and onwards. But in Mark chapter 12, there are a bunch of people kind of 
uh, scribes and Pharisees and teachers of the law, uh, people who understand the law, people who understand the commandments of God, and, and they're asking Jesus questions around all of them, and eventually kind of uh, there's that sense of, you know, we are good, devout Jews. We're, we're followers of God. We're children of Israel. And, and we know that God gave the nation of Israel these Ten Commandments. And because we're so devout and we're so intent on following these commands, well, we've added a thousand others to make sure we don't break any of them. And as you can well imagine, uh, that gets a little laborious. You know, that's a bit kind of frustrating and concerning. Am I doing the right thing? Or, wait a minute, uh, what was that law again? Ha have I broken something? And so with all of that in mind, obviously one of the scribes kind of asks Jesus, well, Jesus, what is that one thing we should focus on? What is that most important command? Where do I start? And, and we've heard this phrase so often because this is kind of the summary of Jesus' answer. But Jesus basically says, love God and love others. If you want to sum up the law, if you want to focus on the most important thing, if you want to know what the most important commandment is, well, it's simple. Love God and love others. You know, here at White Rock Baptist Church, and for those who call White Rock Baptist Church home, uh, you know, for us, our intent, our purpose, our stated desire is to be a loving community of hope in Jesus Christ, worshiping God and growing in faith to impact the world. And indeed, for those who maybe saw my highlight video a couple of weeks ago, the pastoral team and the staff team have been working on what's the strategic focus for the next three years. How do we put that stated purpose into action to indeed impact the world? And of course, there'll be more of that coming over the next few weeks and months as we finalize that and as we launch into these three years. But over these three years, especially, we're going to kind of hold in balance and intention for some of us that idea of growing in faith, that idea of hoping in Jesus. And, and that's really loving God. And that's the, the one side of this commandment. And then the other side of reaching out, of impacting the world, of being this loving community, of loving others. And so we're going to kind of balance between those. A few months ago, we did the Red Letter Challenge. That was all about loving others. That was all about going out and putting feet to our faith, as it were, to impact the world, to serve the world. In the next few weeks, we're going to be diving into the Psalms and praying the Psalms, and that's going to be about growing in faith. That's going to be about growing in our love for God. And of course, for many of us, especially as we've maybe come out of a challenging 2020, and, and even though we sort of know we're in this new year, well, we're not 100% sure of what the future holds. We don't really know what will be coming in the next few weeks and indeed months. And so for many of us, there's that desire and that need to pray the Psalms, to kind of utter those Psalms of lament, those Psalms of question. And, and we need to grow in our faith. We need to grow in our love for God so that as we come to an understanding and, and find this peace and hope, well, then we're able to take that out. And so they're kind of two sides of the same coin. If you have your Bibles with you, why don't you turn with me to Mark uh, chapter 12, and we're going to read Jesus' response, and this 
into action. I'm reading from Mark 12, verse 28 through to verse 31. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And as we see here, Jesus is asked this commandment, what's the, the greatest command? And, and God sum, Jesus sums up the answer by saying, love God and love others. In fact, in the account, this account in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus makes the statement, he says, all the law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. Do you get that? All the law, all the commandments, all the writings of the prophets, all of Scripture for the nation of Israel, they, they hang, hang on these two commandments. What Jesus is saying to his followers and to this crowd is, I know you're concerned about the thousands of rules. I, I know you're concerned about doing the right thing. But I guarantee you, if you focus on loving God and loving others, you will walk and find yourself fulfilling all the law and all the commandments. All of Scripture is an application of these ultimate commands. And all of Scripture draws us into this relationship with God. Scripture is the story of God revealing Himself to mankind, revealing Himself to humanity, drawing people into relationship. And Jesus says, don't get bogged down in all those little details. Don't get flustered and frustrated. Focus on loving me and loving others, and you will find freedom and peace. You know, and, and Jesus, in his answer, he, he kind of says, we love God by loving with all of our being. You know, when Jesus gives that answer, here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, it's a passage that all devout Jews, all good Jewish people knew. They had memorized that, and they, they would quote it often and repeatedly to remind themselves of this loving relationship with God. And in this case, Jesus, in fact, in the Greek, Jesus uses the word agapeo for love, the word that we translate as love. And this word, agapeo, means a perfect, whole, complete love. If we want to experience the love of God, and if we want to love God completely, well then it comes with all of who we are. Jesus uses a few words. He, he talks about the heart, the soul, the mind, and the strength. Uh, you know, the, the word heart is the same word that we get cardio from. I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of cardio exercises. But we understand how important they are because cardio exercises increase our, our heart's health and our heart's strength and well-being. And, but for the Greeks, it wasn't just about a kind of heavy breathing and deep breath. 
this cardio, it, it was a, literally meant the center of my physical being, the, the center of my physical and my spiritual being was this idea of heart. And the word for soul, or the Greek word for soul, is the same word that we get our psyche from. In fact, modern day psychiatry and, and, the, and psychology, that's where it comes from. And it's, it's the seat of our feelings or our desires and our affections. But Jesus also talks about the mind. And Jesus is talking about the way we think, uh, the way we feel, our faculty of understanding and then of course with our strength it's it really is all of that physical strength we have all of our ability our force or or our might and so in answering this question Jesus is saying we love God with all of who we are every part of us is involved in this complete and perfect love for God and we're invited into this place, into this relationship with God, where God says, love me with all of who you are. And why would God ask us to love him with all of who we are? Well, quite simple. The Bible tells us we love because God loved us first. God loved us in entirety and completely. Uh, the story of Scripture, the, the Bible is this account of the lengths that God goes to to reveal His love to humanity. Uh, I'm so glad we've just gone through this Christmas season. It's again that time where we remind ourselves of why Jesus came. And yes, Jesus came to give Himself as a ransom, to offer His life for us, but He very clearly came because He loved us. God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. And so just as God loves us with this complete and entire love, so God invites us to love Him with all that we are. Loving God begins with that reminder that perhaps some of us, all we need to hear this morning is, child, you are loved by God. There is nothing you can do that will separate you from the love of God. You know, every now and then I, I'll sit and I'll chat with my children and, and I'll remind them I love them and, and I'll remind them that I love them because they are my children. They, they do nothing to earn that love. And in the same vein, there's nothing they can do that would take away that love. They are always my children and therefore I love them. Of course, there are days where they might do something that I don't particularly like, I'm not particularly happy about, and, and I'm saddened by it, but it doesn't change that I love them. My friend, you need to hear that today. God loves you. God loves you entirely and completely. There is nothing you can do to earn that love. There is nothing you can do to receive more love. God simply invites us to accept that love and to receive that love. And as we receive that love, so in turn we learn to love because he loves us first. But as Jesus answers this commandment, he doesn't just leave it there. He doesn't just say, well, the, the greatest command is to love God. He, he adds in addition to that, he says the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love others. 
You know, uh, John in 1 John writes about this topic and talks about this topic of love in 1 John chapter 4. And he makes some powerful statements in 1 John chapter 4. In verse 8, he says, The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. And in verse 10, love consists in this. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And then the very next verse, 1 John chapter 4, verse 11. Dear friends, if God loves us in this way, we also must love one another. John wrote what he wrote because he heard and understood and saw firsthand this commandment that Jesus lived out. Love God and love others. In fact, John goes on in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, we love because he first loved us. And really, that's kind of the outworking of as we experience this love of God, as we begin to experience all that it entails to be loved by our eternal heavenly Father, well, then it becomes a natural outpouring, a natural kind of outworking that we will love those around us. How do we know that we're born again? How do we know that we're born of above? It's by loving others around us. Yes, even those that are difficult to love. You know, I read from 1 John chapter 4 from verse 8 and onwards, but in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7, John writes this. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another. Because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And when Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, elsewhere Jesus tells a parable about who is my neighbor. And Jesus basically says, your neighbor is anyone and everyone. All cultures, all creeds, all colors, all religions, all, all of everything. Anyone with whom you interact, anyone with whom you, your life crosses paths, these are your neighbors. And regardless of whether they love you or not, or indeed regardless of whether they even hate you in return, Jesus says to us, we are to love our neighbors. We are to love our neighbors because God loves us. And God loves humanity, even humanity that rejects him. God loves. And why would Jesus do that? Why would Jesus say love regardless of their response? Why would Jesus say love others? Well, quite clearly because love is that authenticator of our faith. Love is what shows our faith to be real and to be true. Love demonstrates to the world around us that our faith in Jesus is not just words, it's not just lip service. We love others because we've been transformed by Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus tells his own disciples in John 13, he says, A new commandment I give to you, love one another just as I have loved you. By this love, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love. Love shows that we are authentic and true followers of Jesus Christ. 
you know, if I try and illustrate it, I'm reminded of many years ago, a friend of mine went to this huge trade fair in China. Uh, and he was just blown away at this trade fair, kind of looking at products and looking at the things that he might import back into South Africa. And, and during the beginning portions of this trade fair, there were a few products that were launched. And, and so they were at these big showcase events where these products were launched and here come all these new things. Uh, he was blown away that by the end of the week, the full week that he had been there, by the end of the week, you could find cheap imitations that had been hurriedly made to mimic and copy those original products. But of course, you don't have to go overseas to find foreign products or, or kind of imitation knockoff products. We can get them here in our own city. You can get fake Rolexes, fake Gucci gear, fake um, kind of Louis Vuitton bags, or, or fake anything, really. They look just like the real thing, but they're cheap imitations. And Jesus says, it's very easy to look like my follower. It's very easy to look like an imitation. And, and many people do that. We, we find people who go to church, who, who know the words to the songs, who, who know what the Bible says, but there's no relationship with Jesus. And because there's no relationship, there's no love that outflows and, and pours out. And they're really just imitations of disciples. They're not true disciples of Christ. And so Jesus says, loving others is what displays that we are his disciples. Not simply saying we love God. If we say we love God, well then it will be visible in loving others. And we are invited to love God and love others for the sake of the world. There are many who belong to churches, many who belong to denominations, many who go faithfully week in and week out almost, yet they have no love. And Jesus says, in fact, in Matthew 23, 27, he speaks about this. They might look good on the outside, but inside they're like whitewashed tombs. They're, they're filled with rotting and decaying flesh. They're not disciples. They're, they're, they're knockoffs. They're not the real thing. And where God looks for that mark of a disciple, of a Christian, of a child of God, he sees it when he finds love. Of course, if we love God, it should be a natural and easy flow to love others. How do I wrap up today? How do I close off this opening message for 2021? My friends, brothers and sisters, especially to those of you who might call White Rock Baptist Church home, even if you've never been into the building, that's the world we live in right now, but if you would call White Rock Church your home, my encouragement to you, my challenge to you, my invitation to you, as we look ahead to 2021, what is the most important thing? What is the most important commandment to follow? Well, it is simply this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then in the basis and foundation of that vertical love relationship with God, it's to go out and love those around us. And I want to invite you into that incredible journey to show Christ 
Because as we love the world, as we love those around us, so I believe we will have a significant impact in this world. And we will see incredible things as we see the kingdom of God manifest in the places we go and that we serve. May the Lord bless your 2021. May the Lord reveal His purpose and His plan for you for this coming year. May the Lord be gracious to you and may He cause His face to shine upon you and give you peace as you journey in loving God and loving others. Let's pray together. My Heavenly Father, I thank You. Dear God, I thank You that You loved us first. And it was out of that incredible love for us that You came to earth. That Jesus, You took on flesh, born as a human, and walked this earth. Jesus, I thank You. And then I thank You for laying down Your life to pay the price that we could never pay in order to reconcile us to our Heavenly Father, to forgive us and give us life. And God, because of this great love for us, we know we can love you in return. Even in those days when perhaps we feel ashamed or guilty or we feel like we don't meet up, we don't meet expectations, God, remind us that you loved us first. You still love us. And you draw us into this relationship of love. And then, God, as we walk in this love with you, help us by your Holy Spirit to love unconditionally those around us, to love our neighbors and to truly love our neighbors. And God, as we do that, as we love you and as we love others, we pray that through us, through your people, God, that we would impact the world that your kingdom would come. And may this be for your glory. Together we pray and say, Amen.